You're listening to episode number 347 of the 360 Vegas podcast. Check out the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com or send us an email at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. You can support the show financially when you shop at Amazon and Vegas.com. Simply go to the blog, click on the corresponding banner, and go about your shopping. As a matter of fact, folks, uh, I hope some of you will go out and get yourself a coupe glasses and cheesecloth off from Amazon, and you'll know why. It's that easy to give us money without giving us money. That's called a teaser if you're not a Patreon subscriber. Teaser. <laughs> also, get early and sometimes exclusive access to all things 360 Vegas with a $7 per month subscription to Patreon. That's patreon.com slash 360 Vegas. Day after tomorrow, gentlemen, we'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a 24-hour-a-day schedule. The pools, the casino. Big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? want to gamble. They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The Strip is just the most amazing stretch of the road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. I got a little thrown off by his, <laughs> his, his little teaser there. there. I just wonder how many cocktails in he is, because this could be fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm only a few cocktails in so far. <laughs> Tony, have you have you experienced TikTok yet? Uh, no, I know of it, but no. It's, uh, it's Mark, so, Mark has gone down the, the rabbit hole. Yeah, and it really is a rabbit hole. It's it's like videos that last like no longer than like thirty seconds or forty. So I, I don't know. It doesn't feel like it's very long, but they're just like like they're if if you're not interested, it has to be for people who like watching video of stuff. It's got to be what people who like to have random sex with people were excited when Tinder came out because it's like. Swipe, not interested. Swipe, not interested. Oh, oh funny. God. Oh, look, it's something funny. Oh, look, a dog. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was so proud of us for having not gone down that, that route, and you didn't consult me. You I didn't, right didn't want to be an old man. I didn't want to. I, I, as it is, I, I don't really get Instagram, but. But, hey, TikTok, you're all over. I, I figured I would give it a shot. I, I was fully skeptical to go, this is going to be stupid, and I'm going to give it a shot. It's going to be as dumb as Instagram. And I'm like, oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it li- uh, like people literally have worked out their 15 minutes of fame, except that since it's going directly to the people, they don't get 15 minutes. They only get like a minute. Yeah, I think that's part and parcel why I haven't tried it out yet, because I don't want to fallen down that rabbit hole uh, youtube is bad enough yeah <laughs> but uh yeah this is um uh 
one of those things where I just think to myself, no way, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to. And quite frankly, I at some point I just have, have decided I'm an old man and I just don't care about anything else other than uh, uh, like Twitter, like like Twitter. And, and I'm done with it. I'm on Facebook and I'm on Twitter and I am done. And I naturally like these next these these social media things that just keep coming out. I naturally assume that the people that we see just walking down the street, talking to themselves, shaking their head, kind of just 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 yelling at each other and, and they're clearly all worked up just in their own head are people who went and bought like an eight track uh, cassette tape and realized that that would probably be the last thing they'll ever have to need for their music. And then all of a sudden, you know, like the Walkman <laughs> came out and they just snapped and they couldn't do it anymore. I would be that guy. The minute I get on to whatever the next social media thing is going to be, they'll be like, no, 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 we're way over that. The next thing now is, and then fill in the blank. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Not necessarily funny, just a random observation. No, that's, that's brilliantly put from the guy screaming, get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start the show. He's Mark. She's Karen. I'm Tony. And as always, we start with Random Vegas. On opening night at the Flamingo, some bagels, some Vegas locals were upset. I know, right? Some bagels? Bagels. Some Vegas locals were upset that casino employees required them to remove their cowboy hats while indoors. We got that from SinCityTalk.com. Yeah, that, that would annoy me. I mean, I'm not someone that wears a hat, <laughs> but if if I did, yeah, yeah that would that well, would. I gotta remember, this is supposed to be a, a high class, classy place, right? And so you don't wear a cowboy hat. Well, inside. I'm not saying I don't fully get it from the other side of the table too. Going, I don't care, Hicks, get out of here. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I'm. We not, didn't build. We didn't build these for the locals. We built these yeah, for the people from California. I, I'm able which to, to empathize with both sides now. It's, I, it's part of my evolution, I guess. It's, it's confusing me when you do that. Don't do that. Just pick a, just pick a side and stick with it. I can't help it. <laughs> you know what? I, I So cowboy hats when the uh, flamingo open is what uh, strollers to win is today. That's correct. Oh, there you go. Yes. Well, Good I comparison. That SAT question. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. All right, let's move into Twit Pick of the Week. Reflection. Thoughtful contemplation or an oasis designed to treat oneself to some high-end cocktails while basking in the brilliance of a big-titted neon sign. That's Vegas Vicky's. Or that <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Karen laughed. Made me laugh. That's Vicky's Bar at Circle Las Vegas. I don't know if that was Vegas. a laugh. That was more of a... Oh. <laughs> it's, it's a place where you can do both, inspired by the aforementioned. Once again, here is another opportunity to create lasting memories, even if those memories become foggy the longer you are creating them. Is this the second week in a row that Vegas Vicky's been put pick of the week? Yes, that would be correct, wouldn't it? Well, also, I was kind of surprised when I was first reading the monologue. I'm like, See, Sean, I thought we showed that picture last week. No. And then, I, then I pulled it up and I'm like, oh, this is a different one. Yeah, we got yeah, a different. Yeah. Oh, wow, you're right. I didn't even think about that. Th- this it was the reflection picture last have, week. Yeah, could have also worked with. Wow, that's. that's well, no, funny. this one would have been uh, is more appropriate to this picture because it is talking about the cocktails, which right. is highlighted in this this picture. Um, it wouldn't have quite made sense with the last one, but another cool photo. Vicky's kick, killing it. See what happens when you get a little work done? All of a sudden, you're super popular again. <laughs> you know, it was, right. it was funny. Somebody said something about Vicky looked like Derek's Nicole, that that she had had some work done. And it was oh. obviously meant to be a flattery thing that, that you know, she, Vicky's gorgeous and 
Derek Nicole is gorgeous. And, but the, she kindfully responded that she wishes she looked that good when she was Vicky's age. Well, Vicky's only like 40 years old. <laughs> is that all? She came out in 1980. Really? Yes. Wow. So wow. She bur- that, she burned out quick. That's what I mean. <laughs> she she was hard partying apparently early exactly. on. Exactly. It's Whoa. kind of the opposite. I almost well, responded. Well, most of us can't I'm start like, when you're a newborn. You know that yeah. doesn't doesn't happen. So you got to give her. That's basically saying like saying she started when she was 18. So right. she's like 58. The, okay. In, oh, in, in relatable years, because uh, nobody starts. Wow. Hardcoring wow. on well you know day out. one. I like this. Okay. Actually, then technically, technically, she'd be twenty-one because you can't drink until. Well, you could back then. You could drink at eighteen. And well, nothing says she was even drinking. Yeah, you can work in the industry when right. you're eighteen. Well, yeah. she, she was working hard. So. <laughs> okay, so forty-eight, fifty-eight. It is. It's probably dirtier than it was intended to be, but I like it. <laughs> right. Or maybe you totally meant it dirty. As always, we will list, uh, no, we won't. We will link to the photo on our blog. We'll feature it on all of our social media outlets, such as Flickr, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, all the things I'm not on, uh, as well as Twitter. (laughs) Let's get into the news. All right. uh, First up. Zumanity closes. After 17 years and more than 7,700 performances, the Cirque show Zumanity announced that they will not reopen at uh, the New York, New York. <laughs> I just pulled a Tony there. I just, just <laughs> abandoned hey, my whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> abandoned what was written down. on the... <laughs> right. I'm like, I know what I meant to say. And then I get there and I'm like, wait a minute, what's, what's, what's going what on? What was I supposed to say? <laughs> Zumanity was not one of the stronger performing Cirque shows, so it doesn't come as a surprise considering that they are nearly $1 billion in debt and the company is... is, Considering they are near a billion dollars in debt... What? They're nearly... No. The company has nearly a billion dollars in debt on their balance sheet. There it is. Bam. That's... I didn't realize that. But Vegas reports that other shows are on the chopping block. Those include Love and Ka. However, contract extensions were recently signed for all remaining pro- uh, productions. It's estimated that Zumanity performed in front of 7 million people. Only days after the announcement that the showroom at New York, New York was vacant, Terry Fader announced that he would be moving his show to New York, New York after more than 10 years at the Mirage. The new name of the show... Who's the dummy now? I will be so mad if the other two shows at close are Love and Ka, because those are my two favorites. Yeah. Zumanity. I don't, uh, Tony, have you ever seen Zumanity? I've seen zero of the uh, <laughs> Cirque, Cirque shows. shows. I was completely unimpressed with Zumanity. It, it, it was a strip show with acrobatics in it. I mean... All kinds of simulated sex scenes and stuff, and I was just kind of like, "What?" Okay. Now, I mean, I, I you don't, there's no variation of that that you that you like, so it's difficult. There isn't. I don't. Yeah, I think strippers really are, fair are for you to go. I a have waste an of time about this because you, your opinion about any variation of that is not that's true. It's not my thing. Yeah. So, so yeah, you got to disclose that. 
Yeah. Well, I will say, I will say people that are, I went people with. People are listening and they're going, you know, when, when Karen says shit, you know, I'm interested. People are starting to ask you now about where they should go eat and, and stuff like that. So. Well, eating, I, I can, I, I've got a, you know, pretty good opinion on that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the, this, yeah, that particular type of, but see, that's not fair because when we went to, um, uh, what was that show, the burlesque show that we went to that was, we was so good. We saw it twice. Crazy Horse Paris. Yes. That was phenomenal. Yeah. Love that show. That's um, not what I mean. Uh, we're talking about like like to be we, we weren't titillated by that show. We enjoyed it for what it was. It was it was a nude art form. Yeah, they were gorgeous and sexy and and did just some classically yeah, it, beautiful it, I, stuff. I, I would say they were sexy, but I don't know if the, the show wasn't sexual. It may have been sexy. But it wasn't. It, it I don't was recall. Burlesque. There, there so, was no simulated sex. There no, was no. No, there you know. isn't. I mean, it's burlesque, so it's designed to be titillating. R- w- right. Yeah. But so no, that was a phenomenal show. But I will say this: um, the friend that I went with, uh, who's a gay friend of ours, thought the show was phenomenal, and it could be because they had, you know, some Someone muscle-bound gay men and <laughs> what? Oh, that's not nice. Oh. Don't, don't. I wish he listened because if he did, he would. That's he, true. Like the moment he heard it, he would end up saying something about there, it. There was a, a, a very physically fit little person who was doing a lot of the acrobatic tr- tricks and stuff too. So um, I know that's the politically correct thing that we're supposed to call them, <laughs> but it feels it feels like we're insulting them. Like they're not even regular. Pe- they're not full people. They're little people. I am just. I, I, I'm not. I'm not criticizing you. I'm just. I'm throwing it out there as like, uh, among friends, I'm going to mention that this kind of bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I don't see this as a loss. But the others, I'm going to be watching this closely, and I'm hoping it's just that they've got to renew the contracts and yeah, that because well I, they have they have they've recently renewed them. But any contract can be you know, I'm sure. It, well, it's true, it's kind of like all those these players you hear you know sign these ten year contracts or whatever. And the last couple of years of their contract, they're making a hundred million dollars a year. You're like, yeah, you're never going to reach that part of your contract <laughs> because in their contract, it's like, oh yeah, by the way, you have to make the team each year. Okay, all right, whatever. I just hope they don't close. That's my point. I'm trying sure. to get in there. Yeah, I agree. Next up, Resorts World is hiring. Resorts World is now officially accepting applications to fill an estimated six thousand jobs in preparation of their opening their 3,500-room resort next summer. For more information, check out rwlvcareers.com. And apparently the talent pool is expected to be deep thanks to the COVID layoffs. Uh, good for them. I mean, at least in, in that situation, because now you're getting, I think, you, you're getting the possibility that you're going to have those top-notch people because Wynn used to always steal them away. And I know... Resorts World is supposed to be going for a more sophisticated traveler, mm-hmm. and I, I would think that you you need something like that. Like you need to be able to have the top-notch talent to be able to pull off that experience if you have any hope. So it's almost like I don't want to say a blessing in disguise, but a silver lining to yeah. That, that's that's you mean like. Resorts World is going to take advantage of a tough situation for so many other people the silver here. Lining so it's going to work out good for them. Well, no. Resorts World could have been a failure or could be a failure and now we've got this big giant building that who knows what's, what's oh, going like to Oh, like Fontainebleau? Right, exactly. Yeah. 
So it's, it's trying to avoid that. Like, I want this to work. Like, I don't want Sahara to fail, but Sahara's going to fail. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's not just because they're fucking dicks, but because they're, they're on an island. I mean, it, if they recalibrate themselves to be kind of what they were before, which is dirt cheap options, yeah, you can hang out for a while, but you got to reset your entire expectation. Battleborn pins are Disney quality enamel pins of vintage Vegas icons. The ever-expanding collection includes this week's featured pin, the La Concha Marquee. This marquee often gets forgotten about due to the unforgettable structure that was their lobby. I'm not sure proper credit is given to the La Concha Motel for being able to stay open with high occupancy rates into the early 2000s, all without having a restaurant, casino, pool, or room service. In late 2001, ownership was approved to build a 520-foot-tall hotel tower, a 645-foot-tall condo tower, as well as a shopping mall. But by late 2003, it was announced that the land was more valuable than the assets located on it, so they would be demolished. After raising $800,000, the La Concha lobby was successfully dismantled, restored, and reassembled at the Neon Boneyard. Available in three different colors, this pin will run you $10 a piece. But remember, listeners can save 20% off your order with the promo code 360. Just go to battleborn.shop or you can find the banner ad and the promo code to the store on our blog, 360vegaspodcast.com. I guess my only thought is the more things, or my, let me rephrase, I think my only contribution to this conversation is simply to say the more things that they can get in that little area and make it less of an island, the stronger and better off they're going to be. I think, I know I've said it many a time, so I won't rehash it, but I think one of the worst things to happen was for Boyd to take down uh, the new frontier uh, for Stardust to go, because once those two were gone, I mean, talk about cutting loose proverbially and literally everything that's north of that. I mean, it's just to, to get from win to anywhere else up there is a hike. But if you've got Resorts World and you've got uh, Sahara and you've got the Trop, those are all, relatively speaking, easy walking distance and circus circus to to all get. You know, you can you can vacation in that area and and potentially never leave. Now, I don't know necessarily per se that the Resort World guest is going to be all that interested in Sahara Circus Circus. Uh, 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 stratosphere. Sorry if I said Tropicana. You, you or, did. Or I, I was, I was going to mention that at the <laughs> end, but you were on a roll. So um, that you know that may not be necessarily their their casino cup of tea. But all things considered, the more you've got, they really, in my opinion, they really need to start building to connect the rest of um, the strip to that area. Something between Win and and God, what would it be? I think Sahara is the the next. The next step, uh, next stop, as you're walking north. So uh, I'm, I'm, casino, I'm excited. Yeah. I, yep. I hope it happens. Uh, oh, speaking of win, there's a winless win. It was reported this week that, due to company age policies, Elaine Wynn was required to withdraw her request for a gaming license as a company board director. She is currently still the company's largest shareholder at 8.84%, but was granted approval to be a beneficial owner of company shares by the NGC. Steve liquidated his shares back in 2019 after his sexual misconduct scandal, but in other Steve Wynn news, 
the Clark County District Court ruled in his favor saying that the NGC did not have the authority to ban Wynn from the state's casino industry. Yeah, that's also not saying they'll ever give him another license again. They just can't ban him. Right. So if there's an age limit on this and... Like a mandatory retirement Yeah, but Wynn didn't have to sell his until 2019. That was just last year. He's much more than a year older than Elaine Wynn. I don't know. I'm just saying, this seems like this might be some ages and or sexism shit well, going on here. I, I'm sure, considering she took him down, um, <laughs> allegedly. But it means she brought, just brought to light all the horrible shit that he was doing in the dark? Yeah, she's... Yeah. she's Oh, she's no dummy. Don't yeah. don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. It's just I, I'm sure she welcomed this or or was was. I mean, it's not like she's got to sell her shares. Right. So it's just that she doesn't have a gaming license. She in doesn't. Her she doesn't play an active role right. in the company anymore. Which she had dove headfirst into her philanthropic endeavors. Yeah. So that's all she really cares about. Which good for her. I mean. Uh, honestly, that's what all these billionaires should be doing is just giving fucking money away. Well, and quite honestly, if if I had made enough money that I could just quit and work with charities, hell, I'd do that. Right, yeah. Hey, working's hard. I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> it's, it's way more fun to not work and do nice things for other people. <laughs> that's funny. All right, I guess that's going to do it for news. Let's move into prop bets then. For those of you unfamiliar... Prop bets is an extension of the news with just bits and pieces of noteworthy items. First up, bad news for those who play the Binion's mobile app slots game. As of November 20th, it has closed up shop and there is no word uh, on how long those prizes are going to be redeemable. Uh, but also in totally unrelated news, who knew Binion's had a mobile app slot? Game? Well, you beat me Not to the one. joke. <laughs> I, I didn't. This, I, is, I, this is why I love when I get to do the, uh, when I get to do the news <laughs> piece, because then I get to steal the, the joke. I get first crack at it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was unaware of it. Yeah. Brian Thomas, better known as Lucky the Leprechaun at O'Shea's Casino, is moving on to other projects. It's unclear if Caesars Entertainment will attempt to replace the popular mascot with a new actor. What other projects is you he know, moving on to? I, I don't. I don't know. I think he's just. Is he going to be in that one show that you guys were just talking about? Does humanity know it's closing? Oh God! Gotta gotta. <laughs> you know, I. So I don't really know how I feel about. I mean, okay, so. For those that aren't familiar, uh, Brian Thomas is a little person and he would dress up as a leprechaun um, because he was a you know little person. And I've got a, uh, a, a to say he's a friend would be a little bit of a stretch. I, I, I was for a while colleagues with a a little fellow <laughs> and he used to um, he used to dress up as like, well, pretty much whatever you would hire him to do and he would be that for you so like his busy time was the new year where he would dress up as as a baby correct correct jeez yeah and so um and hey listen like he 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 found something that worked for him and 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 it worked in you know here in the mid michigan michigan area and i still see his little like he, he drives a a volkswagen bug um, and he drives around with it and it's, you know, it's got his, his business name, you know, plastered all along the side of it. 
I've always felt a little uncomfortable and awkward at dressing up a little person as a leprechaun. I yeah. right, like I I I've never really wanted to totally support it because I feel like I'm contributing to something. I totally agree with you. I feel like right? even looking at it was like you're just encouraging this behavior by paying attention to it. You're encouraging this behavior. But I bet but, you, I bet you, it made him a lot of money. I, oh, I'm, I'm sure absolutely. it is, but yep. I, I don't, I don't know. And I mean, I, it, I, I don't know how long he's been doing this, yeah. but at some point, I think I would get tired of dressing oh, up agree. as a leprechaun, walking along a bar and pouring alcohol down people's throats. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Eventually, that would get old. <laughs> yeah. So good for him. I, 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 I can't wait to see what he's going to do next. Maybe he's going to law school. <laughs> Because the logical thing is you're going to degrade yourself, dress up as a leprechaun, go whole hog and become a lawyer. <laughs> that, just to be clear, that is a rip on me in my profession, not not Mr. Thomas here. <laughs> the World Series of Poker plans to have the final table in person December 28th, while the rest of the tournament will be played virtually online this year due to COVID. You think they're going to be able to still handle that? It's only six people, right? Or eight people. And the filming crew and all those people. (laughs) I think they can. But, I mean, who knows what's going to, what things will look like in December, December 28th. Um, I don't know. You know what I suspect is going to happen? I've got got some projections. Oh. Is that the word I wanted? Projections? Yeah. Um, I I foresee that they're uh, potentially going to have one of two situations. Either they're going to have those uh, uh, plexiglass dividers up oh, right. between the players. Yep. And or they're going to have to wear masks and or and this is truly, in my opinion, more for theater. They're going to show each player coming in, either washing their hands at a, at a, at a man-made well, they're all man-made, but you know, at a, at a, at a, at a, at a random sink that has been established right. or just, you know, they're going to pump the hell out of some hand sanitizer and bathe in it, but they're going to all, it's going to be done on camera because let's be real honest. The only people that are going to be worked up about eight people sitting around a poker table playing poker are the assholes watching that want (laughs) to be offended. They're, they're, they're lazy boy. So that's what I foresee being the situation. That's a great point. So uh, I know we don't normally talk about rumors, but I heard something interesting the other day and I would just love to get, your opinions on it. Um, So a friend of mine, uh, a coworker has a friend that works at Rio in the poker room and which is where they have historically done the world series poker. Right. And what he said was they're going to move the world series of poker to Bally's and they're going to rename Bally's the horseshoe because Caesars entertainment owns that. They just sold the rights to Bally's. Um, but that's where the World Series of Poker is going to move to. Hmm. Some genius. On the that's strip, a, yeah. That's got, um, I think that's got legs, right? Because wasn't, uh, was it Binion's is where WSOP started? Yeah. Binion's Horseshoe, yeah. Right. Binion's Horseshoe, right? Yeah. Right. So that would make complete sense that they would move their rename Bally since they've sold off the name. Why on earth would you want to maintain a name that you've sold off to somebody else and give them the... Yeah, I mean, and on top of it, Caesars has shown that they don't mind rebranding something. Hell, they rebranded IP twice. Right, yeah, in a very short amount of time. Right. 
Um, and they've done it with Cromwell. No, I, my, my only thing is I feel like they would have to do something to Bally's to, to refresh it in they order to do been. the name change. They've been refreshing the rooms all along. Yeah, no, I, believe me, I, I like Bally's, but I just, I don't, if, if they just change the name with where it's at now, I don't feel like it's, it doesn't feel like it's anything different. You're going to be like, oh yeah, no, that's still Bally's. Not like, you know, the Cromwell feels different and yeah. Link feels different. So that's my only, I mean, I, I like the idea of bringing the horseshoe name back to Vegas. Um, and I, I think having World Series of Poker on the strip makes sense. So I just thought it was an interesting, I, I don't know if there's any, you know, any truth to it, but it, I just, I heard it and I thought it was an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. I would, I would definitely buy that. I would absolutely believe it. Next up, Tailgate Social is taking over the space at Palace Station, formerly home to BBDs. In addition to their menu, the restaurant will offer billiards, shuffleboard, and foosball. You know what bums me out about this is it sounds like Tailgate Social is very similar to what BBDs was, except now they have billiards, shuffleboard, and foosball. <laughs> I haven't seen the menu, so I don't know if it's any any different. I just, and I mean, we've talked about we're, we're disappointed that BBDs isn't there and has yet to reopen any place because that what was a really good burger. Right. But, yeah, I, I don't know. All right. Oh, why did I get this one? Magic Mike <laughs> Live is returning to the stage at Sahara in March. Can't tell if this is more a commentary on the property or of the show. Right, because is it just going there to die and nobody wants it? Yeah. 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 I, 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 I wondered whether we should even report anything that happens to Sahara at this point, but I feel like I'm just carrying over a grudge. <laughs> well, we're, we're voting with our dollars. We're not going there, so. Yeah. Except every so often I sneak into Bazaar. But that's just a Bazaar meet. Right. <laughs> I do not gamble. I spend nothing in the casino. Yeah, well, but what I mean is there was there was news uh, this week that they had restaurants opening that I intentionally didn't report on. I was oh, like, well, yeah, I don't really care to give you guys enough. <laughs> but yet you mentioned Magic Mike. Yeah. Okay. It's conflicting time for me right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're of two minds of it. Like your other, um, you could see both sides of right? whatever the heck we were talking about earlier. David Copperfield's show has returned to performing at the MGM after a brief closure due to a COVID outbreak among the cast. Okay. Yeah, I got nothing on that. <laughs> I wonder if it's because they have to hide in enclosed spaces or it, like what unique challenges they have that caused them to have an issue. Or if, or if more than likely what it was is some dickhead didn't wash his hands. <laughs> Well, I'm sure if they're rehearsing tricks and stuff, if they're part of the crew or the cast, they're, you know, in close proximity. So if one of them comes down with testing positive, you got to quarantine it's everybody. Gonna, yeah, it's which everybody's is, going Yeah, down. why they just shut everything down. Yeah. Because you can't, can't bring in scabs. Sorry. Because, no, I'm sorry. I, I late thought. You can't bring in scab cast members because then you'd have to tell more people his secrets. And that just can't happen. Oh, right. Uh, well, it's interesting. Never thought about that. <laughs> Moonshot.com is the place where you can get your favorite vintage Vegas shirts. Incredibly comfortable to wear, available in male and female cuts, multiple colors and sizes, reasonably priced, and cool as hell. Options include this week's featured property, the Sundance. It's safe to assume that many of you aren't familiar with the Sundance, at least not by that name. It only existed as such for seven years, 1980 to 1987. You most likely know it by its other incarnations, 
Fitzgerald's, which it was known from 1987 until 2012, when it became known what it is today, the D. More than just another hotel casino in Las Vegas, the Sundance significance in history is that it was the last hotel casino Mo Dalitz ran. It's also the last casino on Fremont Street built from the ground up up until its current owners decided to build Circa. This and dozens of other vintage shirts are available at moonshot.com starting at $27. Use the promo code 360Vegas, no spaces, and save an additional 15% off your order. Just go to moonshot.com, that's M-0-0-N-S-H-O-T, or go to the blog 360VegasPodcast.com and click on the banner ad for moonshot.com. The RJ reports that Caesars has sold their Bally's Atlantic City property to to Twin River Worldwide Holdings. Wow, what a name. Let me try that again. The name of the company is Twin River Worldwide Holdings, Inc. And that sale was for $25 million. Isn't that the same company that bought the Bally's name? I don't know. I don't believe so. No. (laughs) Yeah, it's escaping me. No. But, But further further evidence that look they're selling off ba- other valleys oh yeah you know i still don't believe they're selling the valleys here i i just don't believe you sell i mean now if you told me they're gonna sell valleys in paris like okay that's a believable rumor because right. those things they're are so connected yeah they're connected together but i i still i like this rebranding makes more sense to me and this seems to be another indication that that's the the route they're going I wonder if they're going to sell the ballets in Tunica. Oh, my God. That place was scary. Right. (laughs) At John underscore Mahaffey, guessing is how you say that, is reporting that things are so dead at Circus Circus Adventure Dome that they are running rides without people on them. (laughs) He showed a video of them. Did he really? Yeah. Yikes. Well, when you think of even pre-COVID... I didn't think of the Adventure Dome as necessarily being the cleanest place. Now, <laughs> right. during COVID, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's, they would have a lot of work to do to, to make me feel comfortable there, I think. Yeah. I, I think if you're staying at Circus Circus, uh, COVID is the last thing you need to worry about picking up. <laughs> <laughs> right. There are far more infectious diseases you need to be concerned about. Exactly right. <laughs> and apparently teenagers running around with guns. Right. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you know what? Here's a bit of a new story. I mean, we're not quite done yet, but uh, spoiler alert, we have no stories about shootings in Las Vegas this week. Uh, That's not actually. Well, we we aren't. We we don't have any because they're boring now at this point. They're they're (laughs) They're boring. (laughs) Listen, I'm going to need you to step up your shooting game. (laughs) I need a. Give me something, something like what we would see at the arcades, right? Because you know, I, I do, th- me- I think it was last weekend. There was a shooting uh-huh. at Circus Circus, and it was a, a fight. No, nobody's died, so uh, nobody's died. Yeah. But there was a fight that broke out, and it was a teenager who pulled a gun and shot four people. Right. Um, we reported on that. Did we? Yeah. Okay. They were one together sometime. But now this one, the, see, the that's other one this week was by MGM. That's why I didn't. That's exactly why I didn't have. Okay. Uh, we were talking about it in this I'm week's sorry. show because it's, they're getting to the point where they blur together. They need to, you know, you shoot four <laughs> people, you make the news. You have one idiot who tries to shoot somebody. We don't report on him. But then we go off on a tangent. It's <laughs> true. My fault. My bad. Matt Franco's Actually. magic show returns the link December 17th. Well, we'll see about that. 
We'll see. Uh, any of these shows, I feel sorry for this. This whole thing is a shit show. Yeah, I, I even saw earlier on uh, Twitter today that somebody had put. Po- I mean, I've been seeing them, so I guess it's not that big of a shock, but or or that much of news. But I did see again today somebody saying that the your governor was supposed to have new COVID restriction updates, quote unquote, literally soon. Like they like they quoted the word soon. Right. So. Um, I, I, do you guys think you, and I know you're just reading the tea leaves, so this is a guess, but do you guys think you're going to get any, uh, COVID restrictions imposed between now and Thanksgiving? See, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if they were going to do something like the curfew that they're doing in California. I don't necessarily have an issue with that. I, I, nothing good happens after 10 o'clock at night. (laughs) Come on. I'm, I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is if, if you have to, Impose restrictions. I'm trying to to select the ones that. But how how would you do a curfew on the strip I or downtown? Know. That's I I don't know. The curfew is clearly for the locals, Karen. Okay, but if there's a citywide curfew, <laughs> I mean, can you only like well, stay be in your strip, property? You can stay out. That's, you that's, can only yeah. you know. Just like if you're under if you're under the canopy or on the strip, that's fine. You is it like New Year's Eve where you, you can only go into like you have to be staying at a, a property in order to to go in after a certain time? I, had, I hadn't put this much thought into it, but yeah. um, <laughs> gun to my head, uh, I, that isn't the way that I was going to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> I Very honestly, good, Tony, I have given up trying to guess what they're going to do. I, 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 just, I expect something is 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 the disappointing part is I expect something. I just don't know. Sure. What. Given that, that California has put in more restrictions, I would expect that Nevada would do something sim- similar because Sisolak always follows California. Yeah. Hmm. All right. All right. Next up uh, at Las Vegas locally is reporting that MGM will soon start closing several of their hotels during the week until demand returns. Casinos and other amenities are expected to remain open. Yeah, and this is, I can totally get behind that. Yeah, yeah, this is going to become commonplace for a while. And the ones that they're that they're closing are, are Mandalay and Mirage. So basically, they're, that's, they're two that's opposite a rumor. ends. There's no Well, they reported it on the news today. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> it was on the news when I came home. Oh. All right, well, there you and go. it's Monday to Thursday. That's breaking news, folks. We literally just got it from the news. <laughs> it's what you get when you listen to a podcast with people who live in the city watching right. that news. <laughs> and lastly, Donny Osmond is returning to headline performing, this time at Harrah's and without his sister. Donny's first solo residency opens in August of 2021. Yeah, crazy. It's his first solo residency. I didn't realize he'd been performing with his sister for 60 years. It was 11 that they well, were. Well, no, yeah. 11 at but the yeah. Flamingo. Right. Well, then it was his family too. Well, yeah, they had, they had a TV variety show and they did, they sang together and stuff. Yeah. It was, I remember the late eighties. It was a huge deal. Oh, what was the song that he put out? And nobody would say like it when it first came out, they wouldn't oh, say it was Soldier him. Of Love. Yeah. Because they wouldn't say it was him because he had such a reputation as being on the Donnie and Marie show. And it's you know, a Christian this, song. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it's just funny because once people like, "Ooh, look out! It's Johnny Osmond, bad boy." Well, it didn't sound like him, and that was the other reason they did it. I just remember that was kind of funny, but yeah, okay, good for him. Well, all right, that's going to do it for news and prop bets. Let's uh, check the river. (laughs) 
this week we're doing another 360 FHE. This is our opportunity uh, to go out and explore the ever-changing landscape of Las Vegas and share the experience with you. This week, you went out and explored E by Jose Andres at Cosmopolitan. Tell us about your firsthand experience. This is all uh, all Karen. I want you Mark's going to tune out. <laughs> I, want you to, I want you to trace this back to uh, explain to people what this is, first off. So um, E is, or A, I guess is actually how it's pronounced, is what they call a chef's table inside of Haleo at the Cosmopolitan. What's a chef's table? A chef's table is typically where... There's two different kinds. There's one where um, you sit at the chef's table and it kind of overlooks the kitchen. And so you can watch them preparing everything and you can chat with the chefs and that kind of stuff. This is more of a, uh, it's a, a completely different separate menu from what you can get at Haleo. And it is ridiculously creative and just over the top, like a dining experience. Okay. Um, there's actually five chefs that were working on the meal, which I guess is a step down from pre-COVID. I guess pre-COVID there were 10. Um, so they've pared that down. They also only do seatings of up to six, whereas before I think they did eight or nine. So they've spread out people. It's like a little, it's like a, a big half moon table uh, in, in front of you. I'm imagining um, the tapenaki grill type things is what I'm imagining. Except it's round. It's, it's not square, and it's it's not a grill. It's like a prep area in front of you, so you actually right. get I just to see them. Logistically, I figured it was yeah. something similar. Yeah, and I, I did get a picture of it someplace, but it's I had so many pictures, and then trying to figure out which platform to put them up on. And if anybody, <laughs> if I'm if I'm friends with anybody on Facebook, the the most pictures with the best descriptions are on there. So that's kind of what it what it was. So we. You checked in uh, at the hostess desk, and they take your temperature. Well, hold on, it's more than that. Like What's you, that? so you. How did you get this table? How did you get into this thing? Because oh. people can't just walk in and, and go <laughs> no, to this. no, you can't. Uh, so, what they it used to be that they had like a normal reservation system online where you could just go online and and say, hey, I want to, you know, two people this day, and you could get in. They have changed it now because they're they're cutting down only six people a table or a, a seating, and they do two seatings three days a week. So they do a 5.30 and I think it's an 8 o'clock seating Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, so to, to get reservations this time since they reopened, you go to their website and they have a, a wait list. So you go to the wait list and, and you pick three dates and three times that you would be interested in oh, with the number of people and you wait for them to call you back. <laughs> so they, as soon as I heard this was opening back up again. Uh, Christina and I had been talking about wanting to go. So she's been before. Uh, and her boyfriend, Mike, hadn't been and I hadn't been. So it was kind of this deal that we had as soon as they reopened. So I I put in the reservation uh, request. They got back to me within 24 hours. And we actually were able to get our first choice for dates, nice. which we picked because um, Christina, so this was last Saturday, Christina was running a marathon. So this was her reward for marathon. And I just used my excuse as it was a birthday <laughs> gift for me. Yes. So that's that's kind of why I did it. And yeah, so we, we got in. I was a little worried because there were three of us and they only do seatings of six that it, because it was an odd number, it would be harder to get oh, in. Um, yeah. But apparently, you know, I got the request in so fast that it wasn't a problem. And then turns out there was a, 
a fellow diner that was there that was thrilled that we were a party of three because he was a solo diner and that meant that he could just jump in because there was another. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So there was, there were the three of us. There was this gentleman from California and then there were two guys from Detroit, Michigan who were there, one of which had eaten at A before and one who had not. So yeah. So that was our little party of six. So when you get there, um, you know, you check in the hostess desk, they do temperature checks and then take you to a table that they have set out as like a pre seating. So they tell you to get there half an hour to 15 minutes before. I hate when doctor's offices tell you to do shit like that. Well, that's okay. I'm going to show up when you start cooking shit. Okay. We don't need to. No, 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 no. Why do I have to wait for you? (laughs) This is why I don't go to these things. I know. Well, that's part (laughs) of the reason. Why why isn't the food here? You knew I was coming. That's part of the reason you don't go to these things. There's many reasons. You know how many are coming. You know what you're making. Right. It's not a surprise. (laughs) You've got the menu already made up. How are there not just nine of these already just sitting around? Let's go. Exactly. Sitting down. Time to eat. Go. So, no, it actually worked out because they they took us to this little seating area. And so they had the, you know, the one gentleman was on the end by himself. And then the two guys were in the middle. And then the three of us were sort of off on the other end. And you got to order, you know, drinks or cocktails or whatever. And we were just sort of chit-chatting. So it was kind of fun. We got a chance to to talk a little bit to the people we were going to be dining with, which Alistair, who has been there before, told me is part of what makes it a fun experience is you get to know the other crazy people that are at the table with you. So so then they they say, okay, we're ready for you. Um, And they walk you back into this room. So if anyone's been in Haleo before, it's basically the room is um, if you walk to the end of the bar and make a left, it's right there. So it's um, the room is decorated all kinds of weird sort of funky. And it's because you're supposed to be, it's like you're walking into the mind of Jose Andreas. So there's like ladders on the walls with shoes hanging off them and just all kinds of crazy. Yeah. I don't want to say it's like Alice in Wonderland cause it's not that nuts, but it's a very, and, and the room is red. Like everything is red in the room. It's really kind of cool. But yeah, so they sat us down and I felt so bad for this single guy that was there because they had the plexiglass dividers in between each party. So the, the two guys were on the right, the far right side. The three yeah. of us were in the middle <laughs> And then the single guy was on the end and it was literally him with these two huge plexiglass, you know, dividers on either side as we're trying to eat, you know? So we were kind of, I was sitting next to him. So we would sort of lean back and talk to each other so we could actually hear each other while we were, you know, having this dining experience. But, um, yeah, that was kind of getting us seated. And, um, like I said, five chefs working on the food plus the sommelier. And it just started from there. Well, what's an idea of what something like this would cost somebody? To, uh, what's the starting price on something like this? So um, the, the price for dinner was 290 a person. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> That's before tax and tip, Tony. <laughs> oh, it just, just reminds me of the scene from Vegas Vacation. It's <laughs> <laughs> what did what he lose like twenty thousand dollars? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh no, that yeah. I, actually, I that I I really did that more for the uh, for the humor value. That's <laughs> actually not. That's that's less than what I anticipated it was going to be. But I wonder if you, maybe where it's going to get to the number where I thought it was is going to be perhaps some of these add-ons that I, I assume you're going to, you're going to talk about. Yeah. So you could then add on a wine pairing and there were two different wine pairings. They're all Spanish wine. So of course I, I can't read any of them, 
But the the basic it's wine pairing. Spanish? Was the menu in Spanish? No, but there's Spanish words. Uh, the wines were all Spanish wines. So okay. I, I couldn't, you know, I didn't know where they were from. I was paying too much attention to the food to pay <laughs> that much attention to the wine, which is why I'm glad because the, the there's two different wine pairings. One, the first one you can do is $150 per person. Okay. Uh, and wow. I think there's, I got to look at the menu. I think there were like six or seven different alcohols that you, or wines that you got with that. Was the El Booms Farmo? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Well, no, so at the end, one of the, the, the you actually got one of his ultimate um, gin and tonics at the end. So it was more than just, you know, it wasn't just wine. There was also sherry. There was, you know, a couple other things mixed in there. Um, but that was the basic wine pairing. Then you could also do the top shelf wine pairing, which was $350 a person. Uh, yeah. Um, I when, when I was booking this, because you have to let them know when you're booking which one you're going to do. And I was sitting there in my head going, well, if I'm going... I should do, I should just go all out. I should go for the most expensive wine pair and let's just do this right. And then as I was sitting there thinking about it, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to pay more for the wine than I am for the food. <laughs> so I went with the, the lower um, priced one, but it was, okay. it was fun because the, there were four of us that did a wine pairing. Two of us did the less expensive one and two did the more expensive one. And so you still got to see and hear the different wines that he right. came oh, out cool. and actually I got to try one of them. Um, the, the gentleman next to me from California got the, the top shelf one and, and one of the wines I was like, Oh, that sounds really good. And he leaned over. He's like, here, go ahead. You can have a try. And I'm like, COVID be damned. Yes, I'm going <laughs> to do this. Exactly. <laughs> and it was totally worth it. It was really good. So that sip is like a $35 sip. Yeah. I hope you, I hope you <laughs> polished it off. A la when Phil States, let me try his expensive bourbon. <laughs> I did not. I just took a nice little sip because it was very, very kind of him, but you didn't have to do wine pairing. You had full access to the, the bar and cocktails and, um, you know, Mike and Christina didn't do the, the wine pairings. They, they got beer and cocktails and that kind of stuff. So, you know, you could add stuff on there once you were there but okay. so what are what are some of the the things I mean we're not going to go through everything that you had there but what are, <laughs> what are some of the the highlights of the meal as so, far as you were concerned so there were 17 different courses wow let me just put that out there that sounds like um, torture some of them were just a bite um, so I'll, I'll try to I'll try to stick to my most favorite one I have to say he started the meal off with a bang so they literally put in front of you it looks like a branch in this tiny little pot. It's got these little flowers on it um, with like three little uh, toasted Marcona almonds on the side. And the branch was edible and it was made out of olives. And the little flowers had like chili flakes in the center of them. So you got like, you got the olive. It was a texture of a cracker almost, but tasted like an an olive. And then when you had like the Marcona almond with it, it just... It was ridiculous. But yeah, they, they give you this beautiful thing, this tree that now, okay, go ahead and eat. So that was crazy. Um, the second thing that they brought out was what they called morning dew. And it was literally a bubble of sangria. Yeah, I get that all the time. Morning Mountain Dew. <laughs> no? no? Yeah, it's just like that. No. So it, it was a bubble that had sangria inside it, including like fruit that you would typically have in, in sangria. 
And so you, you put this whole bubble in your mouth and pushed it up against the roof of your mouth and it just sort of exploded. And all of a sudden you just had sangria everywhere. I mean, not everywhere. It stayed in your mouth. But I mean, right, you just right. had this, your whole mouth was awash with sangria. And it was so good. But I don't know how, I don't know how they did it. I don't know how you make a bubble and put all this liquid in it and fruit too. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think. Oh, the, the Wonder Bread. This was the coolest visual trick. And it was also, I think, my favorite thing that we ate. It looked like, so it comes out and it almost looks like they're making a grilled cheese sandwich. So, right? So you've got like the two pieces of bread laid up and what looks like some orangey stuff on it. And turns out that the, the bread was actually meringue. And the spread on it was foie gras, persimmons, and then white truffles. It was ridiculously good. But it was so... Because you're expecting bread. Your eyes... I mean, it's even like toasted on the side. Like it would have a crust of, of bread. So your eyes are telling you it's bread. But as soon as you pick it up, you know that it's not. Because it's got that meringue texture to it. It was just incredible. It was unbelievable. So um, sounds like a lot of fun. How how long did the overall like from from when you sat down until you you stood up? About how much time does this take? Um, it was, I think it was just about two hours. Oh, all right. So yeah. they seem to be. I mean, if they're getting you, what did you say? Seventeen. Seventeen items. Yeah. You know, they must be. And and are they bringing them out literally one by one? Yes, but uh, but they're so they're assembling them in front of you. So you might have two chefs assembling two different dishes at the same time. Okay. Um, but they you know they present you with one and are immediately you know putting the other one together. Wow. And okay. so it was just this constant flow of activity at this table behind you that you were watching, and it was fun because there were a couple of things that, um, like one of the desserts I loved was an aerated frozen block of almond milk. So they, and I, I asked them, I'm like, how the heck did you do this? Cause it was cold, but it almost, it looked almost like, um, uh, uh, astronaut ice cream. Okay. Okay. It didn't have that texture, but that's sort of what it looked like. It had like the little air bubbles in it. And I'm like, well, how did, how did you guys do this? And what they did is they put the almond milk in an ISI canister and sprayed it. So it was foam into one of those um, airtight containers, you know, the ones that you can suck the air out of. Uh-huh. So then they suck the air out of it and threw it in the freezer. And oh my it, goodness. it just came out this beautiful block of almond flavored, delicious. Yeah. It was so cool. But I mean, getting to ask them, how the heck did you guys do this? And you just realize through the course of the meal, for people that like food, this is the chefs getting to play. They're just like, how, what can we do to make this different, to make this surprising, to make this look like something that you think, you know, but the flavor is completely different. And it was just, you know, it was funny too, cause they, we were talking about, um, you know, how did they do during lockdown? And they were like, oh, we just sat back here and we're messing around with Life. stuff. Yeah. They were just coming up cause the menu. So Alistair had been there before and so had Christina and the menu was completely different. There was only one thing. Oh, wow. I think from each that, that was, had been on there before. So, you know, these guys completely just did it up. So it was, and for people that don't like food and this would be torture for them. I get it. I, this is just like heaven. It's just getting to try so many different things. And I will say this, even with 17 courses, 
I left full, but I didn't leave miserable. That's cool. Which you would think that many courses, you know, you'd be like rolling yourself out of there. <laughs> right. We were definitely full, but it wasn't like I'm going to be sick, you know, that's, that kind of thing. That's cool. So that gastronomy thing that they can do with food is, is really impressive. I, mm-hmm. I, I got my wife a little, very, very little something that is uh gastric in nature where you're, where it's, um, uh, amongst a couple of things that she can do. One of them is she can make like these little bubbles. Yeah. Um, you know, with this, with this syringe thing and, and you do shit to it and you make, you know, like pomegranate bubbles and and just random weird things. And it's fascinating to me. And so it just like how I'm always amazed at, you know, at cocktail bartenders who can come up with these just beautiful works of art in a, in a glass. It likewise just blows my mind what people can come up with to put on a plate. So yes, I, that doesn't surprise me. And, and what a cool life that must be that their whole job is to sit around and think to themselves, what could we blow bubbles into? (laughs) Then suck all the air out and put it in a freezer for three hours for people to eat. Right. right? Like how fun would that be as a, as a gig? I, that's super cool. I, um, I tweeted out some, uh, so I saw your beautiful pictures, by the way, that you posted, you posted a lot of re, uh, a lot of pictures of what you ate. I mean, just fascinating stuff. And the cool thing about it too, is you would, you would kind of do a little, a very brief one. I sentence. tried. Yeah. Yeah. About what it was that we were looking at and what was going on there. Um, and, and, uh, the thing that came to mind were these commercials back from like the very early nineties of Dave Thomas at, uh, at Wendy's where he'd have <laughs> all of these crazy things put to him. He's, he's like proverbially like, like the commercials are set up that he's traveling around the world, trying to find new flavors and new foods to bring back to implement at Wendy's. And everything is just this, you know, weird, terrible, crazy, right. gross looking stuff. And he'd be like, and he'd look into the camera and be like, man, I could really go for a double Wendy's cheeseburger right now <laughs> with a biggie fry. And I'm looking at these things and I'm like, I wonder if Karen walked out in there and was like, well, that was great. Who needs a, a double che- oh, cheeseburger no. bacon sandwich no. burger now? I, I was in heaven. I would have sat That's there for the second seating probably if I could have. I, hmm. it was just, it was such an experience, which was what I wanted to do. Like I said, this is a bucket list item for me. So um, it was, it was just fabulous. And to have friends there, I know, you know, like Han, I think has gone and done this on his own. Alistair went on his own. I'm sure I, I could have done that, but it was so much fun to have, you know, Christina and Mike there because yeah. especially Christina and I tend to like a lot of the same things. Um, and it was just, it was fun to be able to share that, you know, with friends and it was, yeah, I highly recommend it. If anybody likes food and you got to be a little bit adventurous, but I would highly recommend it. It was completely worth it. Mm. Was was there anything you did not like? Was there any I mean, so, well, there so double question actually. Question number 1 was was there anything you don't like and was there anything that anyone didn't like it like is it offensive to not want to eat something or only eat a bite <laughs> of it or maybe not finish it in front so, of the chefs? So, um well, it kind of, be, I'm going to pick on Mike for a little bit because Mike does not eat seafood. And oh. so one of the, one of the items, they call it Jose's taco, but it's a, a piece of, um, little Iberico ham with Ostrega caviar on it. And if anybody knows anything about caviar, Ostrega is, is expensive, but he literally handed it to Christina. She ate the caviar and gave him the ham back and he ate that. <laughs> oh, um, geez. 
and then one of the dishes was it just I don't I don't even know what all was in it because I was so fascinated but it was it was crab meat kind of served in a half shell um, and again Mike doesn't eat you know seafood so Christina and I split that one and the chefs did mine we were actually kind of joking around with them a little bit because Mike got up to use the restroom and they were assembling a dish that had mussels in it and so we were telling the chefs it's like okay when he comes back can you just tell him it's chicken like we all know it's mussels <laughs> but can you just tell him it's chicken so that you know he'll he'll try it and eat it and he ate the whole thing um, yeah. he said, he said, he, well, I knew it wasn't chicken, but I didn't know what it was and it was good. And it was like, okay, well you just had muscles. So there was that. No, the, the one thing that I was not my favorite, let me put it this way. They had a squid dish and mm-hmm. the squid was, most of it was cut to look like, um, raviolis hmm. and it had delicious two different sauces. One of them was a squidding sauce. I forget what the other one was. Um, I am general. I'm not a fan of squid. And the reason for oh. me is a textural thing. It, it's very okay. chewy to me. It feels like I'm chewing on a rubber band. The, the textural aspect of that dish I didn't like. But the flavors were fabulous. And I, I did eat. I ate all of it except the little squiggly leg part that was sticking out. I, I couldn't do that. I gave that one to Christina. <laughs> um, but I, you know, it, the flavors were phenomenal. But no, there wasn't anything that I was like what the hell I have to find some place to spit this out. I mean, <laughs> it, it was, it was all delicious. And, and last question, I, I promise last question, <laughs> how much of the, how much of these things, and in particular, I, where I'm really directing this question towards is that, um, olive branch. Ah, look at that olive branch. I wonder if that's what they were going for. If you know, that was that oh. olive branch pre-made before they bring it out. I mean, how much of this is like what, um, is it all put together and then they just assemble it in front of you or, or how, to what degree is the, is it, is it literally put all like literally made right in front of you? No. So there, there wasn't actually any cooking in front of us. Okay. Um, the olive okay. branch was, was put together. I mean, that was the first thing. So it's like, as soon as you sat down, it was like, here it was. And then they, oh, they I moved see. on to assembling, um, the rest of the dishes. So if it was cold, there's a freezer, you know, in the back side of the room behind the table that they would go to the freezer and grab what they needed and start portioning it out. Um, you know, there were other hot stations and stuff where they could pull warm ingredients out. So they assembled everything in front of you, but there weren't burners or stovetops or anything like that uh, in front. So they had all the components ready to go and they just put it all together. Oh, all right. So $275 to essentially eat at a smorgasbord where it just gets put together. Cool. Got it. Got it. Two, I'm just kidding. Two, I'm just kidding. 290 actually, Tony. <laughs> Before tax and oh, tip, me, which me. which they automatically <laughs> add on. So yeah, do, do the math. On oh, that that's awesome! No asshole, I said two ninety. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go for the po man's version. Right, come on. All right, well that that was interesting. That was that's the, I, I um. Thank you, Mark, you know, for I, humoring I, us. <laughs> right. Yeah. Thanks, Mark, for letting us talk about this. I got to concede. I, you know, I'm not sure. I, I guess I would defer to my wife if um, that would be something she would want to do. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm on the fence, right? Like it, it sounds like something I would probably be interested in, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's, it's, um, it, right. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I should you just know, be a little bit more. And if you avant-garde. wanted to do something different, um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of restaurants that have tasting menus. Um, I would encourage you if you, cause you've never been to Bizarre Meat, have you? No, I have not. So, so they have some tasting menus that probably range from, I think they're as low as 125 a person up to, I think they do have one that's like 275 and that's mm-hmm. a good way to go in and just try 
little bits of stuff that the chef is really good at. This was a very different, I mean, this is off the menu, sure. other kind of things. So, I mean, I, I would sure. say if you wanted to try something like this, I'd probably look for some of those tasting menus first and just kind of see Got what it. you think of the experience um, before you dive right into to something like, like a, that's a, that's, that's good advice. And, and quite frankly, um, Bizarre Meats is very much at the top of both my wife and my uh, restaurant bucket list to go eat at. And, just and I better get an much. invite to be a tag along absolutely, when you go. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, I think that's probably going to do it then for episode number 347. Karen and Tony have certainly... Uh, bastardize this episode. Thank you all for listening and downloading. We really do appreciate it. If you'd like to check out any of the stories on today's show, you can do so on the blog, which is 360vegaspodcast.com. You can get premium and exclusive content when you subscribe to our show at patreon.com slash 360vegas and get 360vegas shirts, mugs, and anything else that we can slap a logo on over at zazzle.com slash 360vegas. If you'd like to send us some feedback, written or audio, you can do so at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. Tony, where can folks find you? I am at 360Vegas Tony. Karen. I am at 360Vegas Karen. You just told you where you can find me, so until next time. <laughs> <laughs>